Welcome to the Leaders in Construction podcast with me, Stuart Wallace. This is where we tell the stories of construction industry leaders from all across the world in hope of inspiring others to show them that anything is possible. This week, I'm speaking to the ex-CEO from Billfinger and Managing Director of Daldrop Process, Tobias Etel. Let's get into it. Right, Tobias, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. Look, let's um, let's take it right back to the beginning. Where did you where did you grow up? Uh, where where are you from originally? So I'm from southern Germany. Um, I grew up uh, in the yeah countryside, uh, one hour north of Stuttgart, which is called yeah Hohenlohe, and uh, this is where I grew up. Yeah, where I yeah my entire childhood uh, up up to yeah, when I was 20, 20 years old. Um, it was there. Yeah. Uh, I then left home uh, to go for for studying civil engineering, and uh, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I noticed you did civil engineering, but then the background changed. What happened? <laughs> no, civil engineering is 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 is, is a great um, great area, um, um, and um, I, I even started. I mean, as uh, as a civil engineer um, at at the at the company where i stayed 20 years for so um and what we are doing now is is, is similar to a civil engineering it's not civil engineering but it's uh it's uh, it's the same it's a steel construction so i uh, i focused on steel construction uh, when i was um, studying civil engineering so uh, the material stayed the same um the yeah the the buildings changed yeah yeah makes sense and just to take it a little bit of a step backwards, how did you even get involved in construction in the first place? There was you. Did you have? Did you have family in construction? Like when you when you were leaving school, what what made you go that way? Um, I I worked uh, during vacations, yeah, school vacations. Um, uh, I was looking for a job, and there were plenty of jobs, so I chose the the best paid job, which was uh, on the construction site. So I was helper on the construction site, and uh, which was again for the same company i then stayed with for 20 years so um in in summer holidays i went two three four weeks uh, to construction site and uh earned quite good money and um, i had a lot of fun um being out uh, at the fresh air in the sun um yeah from yeah six six a.m the morning till till 4 p.m and then uh, yeah <laughs> completely worn out back home and uh, yeah that that was um, how I came into construction, and uh, and uh, I liked maths in in school, and I liked physics, um, and so there, that was the reason I, I chose um, yeah, engineering um, yeah, instead of uh, being a lawyer or a biologist or things like this. And and how did you progress? You know, up the ranks. You said you was there for twenty years, right? Um, so yeah. from from obviously when you first started, right at the bottom, what position did you end up in when you finished? After the twenty years, yes, yeah. So I, I, yeah. Let, let's put a name to the company. Um, I joined Billfinger. Yeah, after after I studied. Yeah. Um, after civil engineering, uh, I figured out that civil engineer is might not be my my most favorite job. So I, I, I put an MBA. Um, afterwards, uh, I did this MBA in, in Paris. So uh, which, which I enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great time. Uh, um, almost a year uh, in Paris. So um, with this double degree, um, I then joined Billfinger. Uh, that was 
uh, a part of a mixture. Um, it was tall, tall concession roads. Um, uh, it was a PPP uh, by that time, um, private financed uh, infrastructure, uh, tall roads, tall tunnels, um, which was a perfect mix in between uh, financing and uh, engineering on the other hand. And I stayed there for, yeah, for the first six years um, of my career and then changed in Bilfinger to, to the industrial services. Um, and from industrial services, uh, I came into uh, biotech pharma where I stayed the, yeah, the last 15 years then. And did you see there was a, a dramatic difference between the industries when you started to go into the, the biotech, you know, the, the pharma yeah. industries? Um, or what, what were the clear differences from, you know, from when you moved into that world? And the, 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 the biggest difference was that um, the, the biotech uh, pharma industry is, uh, is a private sector industry uh, and it's not the public sector. And uh, this is by far the largest, uh, the largest difference um, between the two, the two sectors. Uh, civil engineering or um, civil construction mainly uh, is dominated by, by public clients. Yeah? Mm, highways, bridges, tunnels, etc. It's always uh, the public um, that awards the contract to most oftentimes uh, the cheapest uh, bidder, which is uh, then always the problem because there's always one company that is more hungry than the other one. Um, and in the private uh, biotech pharma sector, it's uh, it's different. Yeah, you, you deal with uh, private clients um, with all the advantages that uh, the private industry has um, in comparison to, to the public uh, side. And obviously from... Like you said, you spent 20 years within the business, right? Right from the bottom, all the way right to the very top at CEO, uh, where you stayed there for, I think it was roughly about nine years, uh, nine mm-hmm. nine years, nine months, something along them lines. Um, Ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you must have you must have had some up, up and down times working for the business. Like how did you, can you give me some examples of maybe some of the turbulent times that you had? you know getting from right at the bottom to ceo i mean that's that's an you know that's a lot of um it's a lot of hard work it is it is of course and and um when i started in the in the first uh, of the 20 years yeah i was a project engineer and then i was project manager etc so um uh, yeah i moved get really up and um when i changed from the civil engineering slash concession uh, part uh, of construction to to the uh, to the biotech pharma side um, I had another five years in between where I was in the um, M&A department um, uh, which was quite interesting uh, I did two acquisitions uh, for Billfinger as a project manager one was in India one was in France and uh, the French company is still in the group yeah so um, that's uh, that's good to hear and uh, so it was a it was a was a good um, acquisition the Indian company was sold um, some years after after acquisition, uh, the post merger integration, um, they didn't get um, yeah right, um, and then yeah, I, I started as managing director um, of this small company in in, in Salzburg, and uh, yeah, together with the team down there, we de- developed it in those ten years, yeah, from a small uh, regional only German speaking company into a yeah, uh, international uh, company that had nine. Uh, geographical sites all over uh, Europe from yeah and we were doing business from the US uh, to China yeah from from Ireland uh, yeah, down to 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 all um, Central European countries um, and even Turkey yeah 
Yeah, it's really impressive. And did you obviously when you when you first started at the ground in the Salzburg office, um, how many how many there were you at the time? Uh, in terms of employees, we were uh, almost 300 um, uh, and we had a turnover of uh, 60 million um, euros uh, per annum. And when I left, it was almost 150 million uh, euros and uh, we were yeah, we were around about 600 on uh, on the own payroll and uh, of course, uh, 400, 500 per month um, uh, external uh, employees. Yeah. And what, what challenges did you find from, you know, being the managing, you know, being the, the, the director of the, the Salzburg office and trying to grow that, the you know, the life sciences division? What what challenges did you come across during that journey? I mean, it's it's, it's, it's project business, yeah? And uh, once in a while, you always have a problematic uh, project uh, which uh, eats up a lot of um, energy and uh, eats up also a lot of uh, money. Uh, <laughs> the good, good, uh, the good um, profit that you that you are earning on the other projects um, can be eaten up by a by a bad project quite quickly. Um, so these, of course, uh, were the turbulences, and um, of course, the growth in our um, company was uh, sometimes too quick yeah so it was uh, too too uh, steep of a curve so the organization um, was at the very limit um, and uh, we yeah we should have grown a bit a uh, bit, bit bit slower yeah so that the organization organizations so the administration and the back office yeah can can keep track with it uh, because uh, yeah the yeah the the projects uh, grew quicker than the the back office Makes sense. Makes sense. And for me, you were talking uh, earlier about the um, about certain, you know, you can get a certain project, which obviously um, isn't as successful as others. What do you think the, the main reason is why one project goes well and another project just doesn't? What's what is the really clear defining reasons, do you think, if, it, you know, to for any listeners out there that might be going through similar things or about to enter into a new project? Um, we analyzed the project that were not going so well, and um, there was a clear, um, clear um, difference between uh, the projects uh, that ran well and the, the and the others that did not uh, run so well. Um, it was the client side uh, on one hand. Um, because in the biotech uh, community, there are several uh, types of, of, of clients out there, uh, which are the, the original um, biotech companies, um, and then are the contract uh, the contract manufacturers um, or the contract uh, fill and finish uh, companies. And when it comes to those, um, they have um, they are less flexible in terms of um, spending more money than um, uh, in the beginning uh, that was planned. Um, the problem is that not all the projects become more expensive, but um, uh, sometimes the the design uh, changes uh, during the project, and then it's always hard to explain to the client why it changed, uh, whose fault it is uh, that it changed, etc. So um, you always you most oftentimes end up with doing a different project than uh, you were um, bidding in the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, I've seen this uh, a lot. Yeah, I've seen this a lot. Yeah. And uh, the second point uh, for the project that uh, did not go well is um, 
when it comes uh, to bad, then it's not only one point that um, brings a project from a good project to a, to a bad project. It's then always uh, it accumulates. Yeah, it's um, uh, three, four, five points uh, that add up uh, to a big chunk um, of problems um, where you yeah don't, don't get out uh, very well. Yeah. And um, how do you? combat you're talking about design changes and sometimes difficult clients have we hear this all the time this is just you know it's a common trait across the industry across multiple different industries in construction but especially across the life science industry how do you combat them them issues around trying to i suppose communicate with the client and 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 i suppose try and turn things around how do you do that what are the best have you got any advice it's um it's it's always uh, when a project is in problems it always comes down to to personal relationship um from the supplier uh, to the client uh, and uh, the better the relationship is um the better you come out of a project or the more the easier you can talk uh, to the client yeah um and of course um, the client needs to have a a certain attitude that it's a partnership and it's not a top-down um, client-supplier relationship. Um, and when you have a client who really lives a partnership, yeah, then uh, there's always room to, nego to negotiate, to discuss, to talk about, uh, and then um, in end, end up, uh, it, it ends up in a, in a, in a good way. Yeah. And do you think that um, for any you know other businesses looking to jump into that world as well, right? Um, is it very easy to go to enter into an agreement with a client that you don't have a relationship with and then it kind of falls down or the, the communication breaks down? Would you advise building the relationship first before trying to enter into those agreements? I mean, the the, the big ones uh, in the industry don't give uh, big contracts to unknown companies. Uh, um, you always uh, have to climb up the ladder. Uh, and this is what we currently see with, uh, with a new founded business, um, that we, we start at the, at the very low uh, level um, of the ladder. Yeah? And yeah. Um, I personally have a lot of relationships in the business, but nevertheless, the company itself is unknown um, in, in, the, in the industry. So... Uh, you always have to build up a reputation and um, you will never get a big chunk of the cake in the beginning. Yeah? You, you get some, some, some small bits and pieces and um, uh, you have to prove to the client that you are uh, yeah, a trustable um, uh, company and that you are uh, yeah, a good company and with good performance. And once you have proven it in one project, the next project might be bigger, etc. Makes sense. And um, just looking on your career then, um, obviously, whilst you were working with Bill Finger into the position you're in now, what would you say is the sort of the, the biggest failure that you've had and, and how have you overcome it? The biggest failure in, uh, in the 20 years of, uh, of, of, of my, my, my career? Yeah. Um, there were many points, yeah, where very, afterwards you, you, you tell yourself, uh, maybe I should have uh, decided differently <laughs> and uh, taken not the right, uh, not uh, the left, uh, the left road, but, but the right one. Um, but that's, um, that's uh, always easy yeah, when you, when you look back. Uh, but uh, in, in, in that moment, uh, when you have to decide something, uh, it's, always better to decide something yeah, than not to decide anything yeah? because you you never know and 
what would have happened if you decided the other way. Uh, um, uh, no one knows um, afterwards. But uh, sometimes, okay, you you uh, looking backwards, you, you could say, I should have maybe looked a bit more into the other direction and uh, not only focusing on that direction. Makes sense. Um, I mean, looking at your situation now, then, what is your, um, where are you now? You obviously finished with Bill Finger. I think you did a year's worth of freelancing. Um, so it says on the profile, and now you you are um, the manager of uh, Daljot Process, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Maybe explain what you guys do, and maybe a yeah. uh, bit of information there. So Daljot Process um, is a newly founded uh, limited company. Um, yeah. We focus on uh, construction in the biotech uh, pharma industry. So pipe works, uh, skits, uh, small modifications, um, etc. Um, so actually, uh, the business um, that that we know, um, the clients we know. Um, so we are in a familiar um, environment. Uh, what we have done the last the last years. Um, however, it's it's a, it's a startup. Um, it's a startup with a mid-sized German company in the background um, that company gives uh, the guarantees the financing etc and uh, we um, yeah the the, the team uh, seven people uh, today um, we do the operate uh, operational business uh, we have the contacts with the clients and we have the contacts to the suppliers so um, this is what we do um, it started quite successful um, we have uh, yeah we have uh, full books. Um, we had an order intake of uh, two, two major projects up to four million uh, in December last year. So uh, we have a solid solid ground uh, to start off from. And we hey. hope that um, yeah, the growth continues. Yeah. And you've been here before, right? So you know you know the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. However, <laughs> that journey yeah. is different because uh, we really start from scratch and uh, we try to do things better than uh, what we have seen in the past. Yeah. So the the seven people come from uh, from from different have a different background. Yeah. So they um, bring different uh, types of knowledges with them and uh, experiences from from different companies. And of course, we try to uh, take off take out the best points. Yeah. And eliminate uh, the bad points uh, that uh, you find in every company. Yeah. I was going to ask. Obviously, you've been in the industry for a while, right? You've been at the, you've gone from the bottom, as you said before, straight to the top, being a CEO. Now you're going back to. I'm not saying the bottom, but you're going back to now a startup. Mm. What's the reason? I mean, you don't look very old anyway. Are you using good Thanks. good facial cream, Tobias? <laughs> One of the two. Um, but but what is the um? What's can you tell me the big driving points? So what? Why? Why are you doing this again? Because it's uh, our own business. Um, so of, uh, all of the employees uh, who started uh, with me in that company or who joined uh, last year um, have shares in the company. Um, uh, when you look in the register today, it's only uh, the bigger shareholder, Daldorp and Dr. Inchhuber, the, the mid-sized German company, and, and me um, uh, holding the shares. But in January, we will have a, a second round where we take on board all the other employees uh, that are currently working for the company. Um, so we really um, fulfill our promise yeah, that we we are a startup company and um, we 
we set up our own business um, and with our own business means that um, every employee has shares in the company. Perfect. Sounds great. And what does it, what does the next sort of, um, I suppose, next two to three years look like for, for your side of Daldrop? Hmm. Uh, hopefully growth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, we, we are, we are certain that there will be uh, growth. If we, if we manage well, the first two projects, the, the big one, the big project that we currently um, have taken in, um, if we manage them correct and well, and uh, we will do that. Yeah. Um, there is no, no doubt that we will have uh, further growth. Um, so we're looking for people uh, and we're looking for, um, for, next round of contracts uh mid of mid of this year but um with the order books right now being quite full we have a lot of work to do and um yeah we we first have to work this before we um grow too quickly yeah because that is uh, also one of the lessons um i have learned is uh growth um has to be really uh robust and uh better to to uh, yeah have a have a lighter growth than you know, growing too quickly. And do you think that the 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 people are a massive part of that growth plan? Of course, of course. Uh, people is is a, is 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 one of the biggest uh, biggest um, variables or the biggest uh, yeah yeah pillars of, of, of the growth because uh, the market is there yeah projects are out there the clients uh, are out there and the investments are there and people is key uh, key yeah, for success and key for growth yeah and obviously from time from your time uh, obviously in the industry um and you've obviously built a lot of contacts both within your team and obviously you know externally what do you think the key is to trying to retain the right people because Obviously, when we've seen, when I, I've noticed good companies with, you know, with really good growth and and projects that um, are more successful than, say, others, um, they seem to have the same team within the businesses consistently. So they have a, you know, there's, there's not a high dropout rate of, uh, you know, of people leaving. How do you, how do you retain people or what would you say is the key ways to do it? Yeah, I think it's a, it's the the corporate culture um, is most important. Um, if you have a if you provide the the employees with a with an, a nice environment in the company, yeah, you give them enough freedom, you give them enough responsibility, but you always have to have uh, to back them up. Uh, um, because what I've seen is uh, people got a lot of responsibility; they got too much responsibility, and then they don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it has to be the right level of responsibility for the for their uh, for their position, um, but always back them up with um, with same peers on their level yeah because uh, then they feel comfortable if they drop out if they got sick if they uh, want to go for vacations yeah there is a backup yeah? mm, because this is a thing um, i've seen in the past uh, where we gave too much um, uh, responsibility and uh, to to the people uh, without having a backup um, for them yeah so people felt uh, felt lost yeah uh, felt alone yeah. um, and i think it's important to give them a warm nest yeah where they can uh really develop and um and and and, and feel comfortable yeah and, and, and besides how do you, of course I, um, uh, pay them well and uh, give them all the benefits uh, etc that, that that's uh that uh, comes without saying yeah. 
And, and that's what I was going to move on to. Obviously, we're in a market right now, and I know in especially you're focusing on the DAC region and especially in Germany. Um, there's just a low unemployment rate. Everybody has jobs, right? Mm. Um, so there's so you that's why you see a lot of uh, people coming from different countries into Germany um, to work on these biotech jobs. Um, because it is such a busy market and everybody's looking for the same people. How do you stand out as a, Oh, you already mentioned one, one way, obviously you've got a team where you, you've got, you've got shares. Now there's a the next round where you're going to obviously give them shares, but on the next round where you're building underneath these sort of the core pillars, how do you attract um, the right talent against your opposition? Is it, what, what, what would you see as a clear strategy? Um, we differentiate ourselves uh, from the others uh, at the market by being new, uh, being a company that um, has no burden uh, um, uh, of the past uh, in, in the archives. Um, so we start from scratch. Yeah, we, we can do things different. Uh, we can do things better, hopefully. Um, and it's it's you're not um, someone in in a big group uh, number 325 uh, you are number 8 9 or 10 yeah um, yeah uh, we, we 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 are a small group yeah it's it's a small family um, and uh, it's not the big ones uh, uh, so this is how we try to attract people yeah and being a startup being new yeah and giving shares to the people yeah being uh, very flexible when it comes to overtime vacation uh, you name it uh, it's um, it's probably easier yeah in, in a, such a small company than being in a big group where you have to fill in forms etc and so on uh, so it's um, it's quick decisions it's a comfortable environment uh, giving them the right payment and attracting them with with the, the startup culture um, and yeah that's that's how we try to 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 attract people yeah. and is your aim to have a really like a smaller for, especially for the foreseeable, it's just a smaller quality business where everybody, every person in the business is, you know, is really skilled and, you know, has that correct experience rather than 100, 150 people with, and, and then it, and it starts yeah, to dilute. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, that is always the, the objective, yeah, um, having uh, the right skills at the right position um, and uh, not uh, going over quality than quantity yeah? but of course it will there will be hopefully a time when we come into uh, yeah three four five years of growth when we do 30 40 50 million of turnover you you have a lot of people yeah you have more people and um it then dilutes automatically at a, at a, at a certain point in time but um up to then uh i think we can uh, yeah uh, pair, uh, cherry picked uh picking the people uh who we want to have yeah so for anybody listening that is obviously looking in the market right now that potentially is um wants to go to a company with less red tape where they can be part of something and get involved in changing things um then you guys would be a good you know would be a good contact right now i presume yeah yeah definitely yeah but perfect um and you were just talking about obviously flexibility of your employees and everything right and vacation and stuff um i'd be interested to kind of know what do you do in your spare time? Like, what's your, like, how do you, when you're not at work, do you have hobbies, interests? That's what, what's kept you motivated over the, you know, over your full career? Um, 
it's, it's, it's probably sports. It was in the beginning sports and friends. And however, that changed over the last uh, 10, 15 years into family. Yeah? Uh, so the priority yeah. is now the family. I have uh, three boys, uh, three children, uh, one dog. Uh, we have a large uh, yeah, backyard. So uh, a lot of uh, gardening to do out there. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it's still, it's still, um, um, Besides the family, that takes a lot of, of course, energy and uh, and time. Uh, it's sports. Yeah, would be what sports? What I do. What sports? Um, uh, it's all sports. Yeah, skiing, cycling, running. Um, it's kind of seasonal. Yeah, so in, in winter times, uh, I do a lot of uh, running, uh, and in in summer, I do uh, yeah, race cycling um, and and mountain biking. Uh, winter, I I go ski touring, which is you know with the skis uphill. Um, yeah. And of course, um, uh, the regular alpine skiing, um, swimming, uh, uh, climbing, uh, all sorts of sports. Yeah. Do, do you find that keeps you motivated? Because I know with my situation and every day can be really full on, right? We're a startup as well. So we're on the climb. Um, and I suppose every industry, especially my recruitment industry is like champagne and razor blades, right? Some days you're, you're popping bottles the next days, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. So sport seems to keep me really motivated. Would you say that's done the same thing for you throughout your career? And is it a little bit of a release? It is, it is, um, it is. And uh, it's something to get really the head clear uh, after a full day of work. Yeah, when I go for, for half an hour of, uh, of running, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm well, well settled afterwards. Yeah, it's, uh, so sports is, is a good uh, uh, counterweight yeah, to, to, to all the trouble during the day. And uh, I think you also only can be really, um, successful in, in the business when when you when the whole body uh, is, is is in good shape yeah and um so that's 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 part of the of the overall yeah 24 hour 24 7 um yeah of uh, of, of the whole time yeah uh, sports being yeah the the other part of the business yeah makes sense and you just mentioned a big point about your health and you i suppose you can't do anything without your health so it should come before absolutely anything um, and we're starting to see more people are doing that at the moment. Do you, as well as your, you know, your exercising, do you take your healthy eating quite serious? Um, how do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife uh, takes control over this. Uh, so it's uh, all organic food and uh, it's all uh, regionally produced. Uh, we, we we don't eat meat every day. And if we eat meat uh, two times the week, uh, three times the week, it's then, uh, yeah, of course organic uh beef uh, from the farmer next door etc um yeah that's that's uh, um, that's that's a really good thing um what we have in the family and that's a, a perfect um add-on uh, in terms of um, home office yeah, because uh, yeah the yeah. restaurant up up here uh, <laughs> uh, one floor <laughs> higher um, is a good restaurant um, and uh, we enjoy having yeah, family lunch together and uh, yeah with, with yeah it's good uh, good healthy food um, of course I mean uh, there are some unhealthy parts uh, mostly in the evening yeah? um, at the weekends uh, that yeah <laughs> um, that uh, don't really fit in the in the healthy uh, nutrition uh, part but uh, that's that's part of part of life right uh, yeah 100 percent I just think there's um there's a clear misconception sometimes between you know just going to work and actually, your body being the machine that you're in and what mm -hmm. you can actually, what you can do to actually get a better output. 
Um, I mean, I've been in, I mean, I remember at my old office, I never really used to take part, maybe sometimes, but you used to have companies that want to business develop, bringing in like dominoes and bringing in things. And I remember looking at people thinking, as soon as you eat that, after you, after lunchtime, you're going to be falling asleep at your desk. So <laughs> it's, um, um, but since I know since I've started to eat all, I've done exactly the same. Um, there's a butcher's at the end of my road and there's a groceries where, where we've just moved house. So everything now is organic that we're eating and um, fresh. We're not really eating anything really out of packets anymore. Um, it's just yeah. all fresh. Mm-hmm. And I can tell yeah. the difference. I can tell the difference with inflammation. I can tell the difference with my mind and the way that I'm, my mood is every day and the way that I'm able to stay positive for longer periods of time. Obviously, we're all human, right? But um, I think it's a massive thing that um, the whole, I suppose the whole world, never mind the industry, should take note of is that your diet, not only with accompanied with exercise, but mainly your diet, um, really is how, you know, yeah. makes you who you are and what your output is during a day. So it makes it, it, yeah. make, it, it makes sense. Um, over the course of your career, uh, Tobias, has, has there been sort of any clear influential uh, influential people to you? I could get the words out then, sorry. <laughs> of course. I mean, uh, you you always uh, have people um, um, who you look up to and, uh, yeah, who where you think, okay, this guy... Perfect. Uh, um, uh, I, I would love to be uh, like her or like him. Yeah. Um, that's uh, yeah. I, I met a lot of uh, positive uh, people, or a lot of people who had a positive um, influence on um, how uh, I developed and uh, how I wanted to develop. Yeah. Was Was there any anybody clear that was that you just that you could you know at the end of the day say that person really sort of really helped me. Yeah, and um, um, some of them were uh, were uh, bosses I reported to. Yeah, um, and um, that even shows that uh, a relationship from uh, employee to, to to boss, yeah, or even as a CEO of of, of that group, you, in, in in a larger con- concern in a large group, you always have someone to report to. Yeah, but this reporting has not to be like an up up upside down um, uh, hierarchy. Um, so I had. I had several um, uh, people I reported to who who were uh, really good uh, sparing partners and um, who really gave me not the advice that I that they told me uh, I advise you to do that guess, but um, the way they they uh, they took our relationship uh, was quite uh, so influential that I was saying yeah this I want to kind of copy and uh, and and take the same way of uh, having a relationship uh, to to my employees and for anybody that is currently project manager senior project manager looking to you know to really go right up the career path um very motivated loyal within a business what would you say is maybe if you look back to if you looked back at yourself at that same moment what advice would you give yourself now that maybe somebody can take on board that's currently in that position be natural, yeah. Be yourself, yeah. Uh, don't try to um, imitate things or imitate uh, people uh, who you cannot imitate. Yeah. Um, so try to be natural. Try to be yourself. And uh, if if you're willing to 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 step up the career, uh, uh, be patient also, yeah. Uh, because uh, a career is not all. Not only there for for people who 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 work. Um, 
80 hours the week that's that's not it uh, you you also have to have luck yeah um the right uh the right portion of of good luck uh in the right position and um then and, and therefore you have to be patient yeah uh this because this is one thing when i look back um i i was sometimes not uh, not enough uh not enough uh, patience yeah so just wait uh and if there's someone in your way yeah the next level yeah uh, just wait and uh wait for the moment where with good luck and with good uh, knowledge uh, you can uh, move up one step it makes a lot of sense i mean there is a saying that if you hang you sorry if you hang around at the barber shop long enough you're going to get a haircut so um <laughs> yeah it's uh it makes makes a lot of sense um yeah. what what I was going to say is um obviously in your current situation now what what's the kind of the biggest challenge you're going through right at the moment is there anything that sticks out obviously now you're building a company I mean, founding uh, an own company, founding their own business is a challenge enough. Yeah, that that is the challenge. Yeah, um, because founding the company, putting the money in the register that that's the uh, that's the easy part. But then convincing the the old clients, yeah, that you're back there, yeah, um, and convincing them that you you deliver the same quality, the same uh, performance that they know, um, that is the biggest challenge. Yeah. And have you found I I've done the same thing of. I worked um, for a large corporation for sort of five and a half years. Um, and then when you leave and go back, once once my grace period was out of the way, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so I, I non-compete, you do find who actually wants to work with you and who doesn't, I think. I think, but they, but um, have you, have you found that there's been some surprises where you've, you, you've, you thought, wow, I've, you know, I would have thought that, we we would have been able to do business and then shop mm -hmm. no business mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah um yeah. in particular the people who um, who promised you with the biggest words um yeah yeah of course you have to you can come back yeah uh, in the end it turned out that those people uh did not have any work at that time uh it might be yeah, yeah. yeah but um other surprises came out uh saying ah oh, uh, now you you're doing your own business Let, let's let's try again yeah um and uh this is what was a very yeah, positive welcome yeah that surprises also uh, can happen in this business yeah well i wish you the best of luck with that um what i wanted to do is to finish off on some light-hearted questions so they um so they understand a little bit more about you um externally mm -hmm. um so what is your favorite film of all time Oh, that's that's <laughs> you hit me. I'm I'm not into movies so much. Um, and that's also my my wife's business. Uh, I watch a lot of movies, um, but I I follow the advice of my wife. Do you have any 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 movie that you would say that you've watched is your favorite? Mm, no. Perfect. Okay. Favorite favorite sport. Cycling. Cycling. Okay. What's your favorite favorite music genre and artist or band? Also here, uh, I'm a I'm a radio listener. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's up and down um, the radio. But if I have to uh, pick one, uh, it would be Queen, uh, Freddie Mercury. Uh, Queen uh, would would be it. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you listen to when you're on the bike? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, uh, when I'm on the bike, I don't listen to music. I, I listen to uh, the sounds of the nature around me. Yeah. Lovely. Um, if you could have a coffee with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Um, historical figure means uh, someone who died already, right? They can be alive or dead. <laughs> Um, it would be Barack Obama. Okay. And why? Because uh, he has uh, made such a big step um, uh, for the United States, uh, in particular on the outside view, not so much uh, internally, but um, I think he changed... Uh, he changed the view of um, how politi uh, politicians uh, could be and should be. Um, and uh, I think it was a very, very, um, very important yeah, that uh, the United States as the most powerful country in the world had a, a non-white uh, president uh, for the first time. Makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. What would be if, if you if you have a favorite, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Okay. Favorite meal? <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, it's beef, uh, beef steak. Yeah. And you, what do you have that with? Beef steak with? Um, with with some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your worst sport? My worst. Worst sport. So, one sport ah, that you worst. would not want. Yeah, you would not want to do, play, whatever. Um, the worst sports uh, would be uh, base jumping. Right. Okay. Have you ever done it before? No. <laughs> and don't plan to base do jumping it. or um, um, uh, uh, I even forgot the name uh, bungee jumping. Yeah. Bungee jumping. Would you ever play cricket? That's come up a lot. Nobody likes cricket. Cricket is, is a hard thing uh, to, to watch. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> playing cricket is, is not so bad, but watching uh, a five days uh, test uh, match, yeah, five days test match is, is, is quite tough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what would be um, a TV show that you dislike the most that you, if you've seen it come on, you immediately switch it off? Um, it's uh, those uh, superstar casting shows, uh, uh, Germany or Germany's next top model or Germany uh, <laughs> looks the next superstar. Uh, those those things, uh, I switch it completely off. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Um, what would you say is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> uh, um, uh, the most embarrassing thing. Uh, uh, there, there, there was none uh, lately. Um, uh, so the last uh, 10 years, it was not uh, so much embarrassing. Uh, I can't even remember the most embarrassing thing. Uh, no. Nothing nothing that's, that stuck out that you might have done in your earlier career, that you might have been, I don't know, it could be very on a project that you just made a simple mistake or something that was... That might have been embarrassing yeah. to you. There were many embarrassing situations, of course, in, in, in project business, in, in particular when, when you step in as CEO. Yeah, um, the 
knowledge of the project is is sometimes uh, not too deep yeah? and there are many embarrassing situations which you then have to overcome by being uh, yeah, uh, in good communication um, but there was in the last 10 15 years uh, nothing um, so embarrassing uh, that uh, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I flushed uh, is that the right expression <laughs> yes yeah yeah um Last final question, the most important one. Um, if you could nominate anybody that you either know in the industry um, or you would like to hear their story and their challenges, who would it be? Um, it would be the CEO of Novartis, um, the current CEO of Novartis being uh, the doctor, the, uh, the doctor, yeah, and the American doctor. Um, uh, that that would be uh, most interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And why why would you like to listen to that person? And you, what, could you could you mention the name just for the listeners, Tobias? Um. Forgot the name. That's a, that's the, that's a problematic thing. That's the embarrassing situation. Maybe that is the most embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, uh, it's an um, well-educated uh, U.S. citizen with um, Indian background, uh, with an Indian name, also, um, who 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 is a doctor, and I think um, being the CEO of a of a pharmaceutical company and being a, um, a, a a uh, yeah, f- physics uh, doctor. Yeah, so so um, how do you say it? No, um, um, uh, yeah, like a like a uh, how do you say um, a doctor where you where you go to when 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 you're sick and ill. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I think that's 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 pretty close. Um, uh, it's it's a good good signal for um, uh, for a company like Novartis. Makes sense. And if there's anybody within the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Who 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 would you who would you nominate? Anybody that's you know more on the construction side of the biotech yeah. business, or um, anybody you'd like to like you'd like to hear their story that we could probably get on the podcast next. Yeah. Uh, ah. Okay. Um, let me think. Um, yeah, I think the the founder of Brinox uh, that would be quite interesting. You know, Brinox. Founder. Yeah, oh, Brinox, a Slovenian company who started with uh, being a vessel vessel manufacturer, and uh, I think they even had a bigger, <laughs> a bigger, uh, bigger growth um, the growth rate than we had, um, because that's that's a very remarkable development what they did. Yeah, and do, do you know the person that you would like no. to nominate within the business? Just know maybe the, the the CEO within the business. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Um, well, look, thanks for um, for joining us. It's been um, yeah, it's been it's been great to have you. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be catching up soon. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Stuart, thank you very much for having me, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talk to you. Yeah. Soon. Perfect. Take care, Tobias. Thanks, mate. Take care. Stu- thanks for listening to the Leaders in Construction podcast with me, Stuart Wallace. I hope this episode has inspired you in more ways than one. Until next time.